0: Mark chapter 8, verse 22. Uh, we've been sitting for a moment, so could you please stand out of respect, in reverence to the Word of God? But the Bible says, And he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, and he besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. We had spit on his eyes and put his hands on upon him. He asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house, saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. Let's pray. Father, I come to you tonight needing your help. And Lord, I sure have enjoyed being here tonight. It sure has been good for my soul, Lord, to hear these kids sing again. Lord, to hear the testimonies, Lord, given. Lord, and just to be around your people, Lord, it does my heart good. Lord, I wouldn't want to say or do anything that might hinder what you're doing tonight. And I pray for a little while you'd just put me over here to the side and that you would have your will and way, Lord, in the preaching of the Word of God. And I pray, God, that everything that needs to be said would be said and nothing that ought not to be said would be said tonight. Lord, I just need you, Lord, again. I feel like, Lord, every time I talk to you, I need something else. Lord, I know tonight I need you to help me as I preach I cannot do it without you, and I don't want to try without you, Lord. Father, it would be vain, and Lord, it would be carnal for me to stand behind this holy place and try to entertain the flesh and, and impress the minds of those that are here. I pray for a moment, Lord, you'd allow me to preach in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. And may Jesus receive all the glory for anything that's done tonight. For it's in His precious name I pray, Amen and amen. Verse number 23, the Bible says, And he took the blind man by the hand. We began preaching this morning on, Take my hand, precious Lord. Oh, I don't know if there's ever been a time in my life where I've felt more insufficient and more helpless than the last last nine, ten months of this year and uh with the different things that have gone on as far as in our country and and in our in in the culture that we're living in i i mean it's amazing how the how uh, i mean our culture wasn't exactly what you'd call good to begin with, but it's amazing how far it's gone even in in the wrong direction in just a few months and uh when I think about that i and i think about these verses. I can't help but, but be, be reminded this evening um, that the Lord is still able. Amen. Amen. Paul said in one of their letters to the church at Corinth, he said, our sufficiency is of Christ. Amen. And I thank the Lord tonight that we have a Savior who is willing to take us by the hand. Amen. And lead us and protect us and guide us throughout our lives. We find a blind man here who was in a pretty bad shape. He was in a bad condition. But the Lord loved this man and he loved him so much that he grabbed his old hand and said, I want to take you out of town and do something for you that will change your life forever. And oh, tonight how we need the Lord to take us by the hand and lead us to places we've never been. And do for us things that we never imagined. I still believe with all my heart that God can still send revival. Don't you? I still believe it. I believe no matter what the gang's naysayers may say, that the Lord's still able. And that if we are a people, I still believe they that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. I still believe that. I still believe those that seek the Lord can find him and they search for him with all their heart. I still believe that. I still believe if God's people who are called by his name humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek his face and, and call on his name that he'll hear from heaven and he can heal their land. We said this morning that we need the Lord to take our hand because we're living we're living in a cursed country. I'm not going to go back so if you can take a deep breath and relax. But Bethsaida, Bethsaida was under the curse of the Lord. In fact, it was the curse of Christ that they were under. And did you know when Jesus came to this earth, the people that gave him the most problems, it was the so-called religious crowd. You know what the Pharisees were? They were professional fault finders. I mean, they could find fault with anybody. You say, how do you know? They found fault with Jesus. That's all they did, Brother David. I mean, they couldn't enjoy any blessings that anybody... I mean, somebody get healed and they say, well, you did it on the wrong day. Or 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 somebody will be raised from the dead? He say, "Well, I can't believe he done that. I can't believe." And they were always nitpicking and always finding fault. And uh, and listen, Jesus had a problem with them, and he rebuked them. In fact, he told them just like he said to Bethsaida, He said, "Why unto you scribes and Pharisees?" Amen. Amen. And listen, uh, this evening I feel like we're living uh, in a cursed nation, a cursed culture, if you would, a cursed country that has embraced evil and has rejected good, that has forsaken the God of our forefathers and turned our back on the reason we're here and we're living in the same type of place this man was living in. But, as I mentioned, I'm glad the Lord can still do things for those that are in this country, in this culture, if they'll have faith and they'll trust Him but we need the Lord to take our hand because we're living in a cursed country or a cursed culture. But verse 22, the Bible says, and they bring a blind man unto him. And then verse 23, and then he took the blind man. He took the blind man by the hand. I want to say tonight, we need the Lord to take our hand because we're living in a cursed country but also because we are all limited. (laughs) We are limited by a critical condition. He was limited by a critical condition. You say, what was that condition? He was blind. Did you know this man could do about anything most men could do, but he just couldn't do it well? He was limited in what he could do. In Jesus' time, blindness, blindness was a common problem and many suffered from it. They didn't have optimal whatever they call it. You know the high doctors. I know it begins with opto something, but they didn't have things like that. We've all. I've got glasses. I, I guess I'm going to have to start wearing them. My vision's getting worse and worse. And but uh, we, There's a lot of people here with, with glasses. And you know why I wear glasses? Because I don't want to go blind. And did you know that when your, when your sight becomes, even when your, even when your sight, and some could testify, I won't say names or look in anybody's direction, but you, could, you would agree with this, without your glasses, there's a lot of things you can't do. And can you imagine this man was blind? He was limited by a critical condition. And uh, I believe that this condition uh, is, uh, is, is a picture, if you want, of both the sinner and the saint. Did you know the lost man that's here tonight or the boy or girl uh, that here, that's here tonight and they don't know the Lord? The Bible says you're blinded. Second Corinthians four You're blinded. He's blinded your mind. The God of this world has blinded your mind. And did you know that because of your lost condition you cannot see? You are limited. Oh, you come to church, sure, but you don't understand what's going on. You can sing the songs we sung tonight, but they're not going to speak to your soul. They're, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have your emotions stirred because you can. But listen, just because you shed a tear doesn't mean you're saved or you're spiritual. I mean, listen, those Hollywood actors—they can cry. I mean, listen, all I gotta do uh, is think about my grandma and and say, and preaching her. I mean, I can just turn on and I can cry too. And so it's not. Listen, I'm saying is the sinner is limited. Is limited by their blindness. But I also believe a saint can become blind. Revelations three seventeen. Jesus said this to the church at Laodicea, because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind. I believe they're saved, folks, Brother Gossam. You taught on this just a few weeks ago. I mean, listen, they were members of a local Bible-believing church. And he says, You are blind. They became blind like this man they had seen. But now, he says, and what did Jesus tell the church at Laodicea? He said, anoint thy eyes with eye And why? Because he knew. Have you ever scratched your eye? Ain't that awful? I mean, that'll put you on your knees if you scratch it good enough. Have you ever had your eyes dilated and you went outside and they said, you know, wear these funny-looking glasses, you know? Them ones like Brother Hobbs wears, and I'm just kidding, Brother And, you know, them three, look like them ones they used to give us at the 3D movies, You know, I don't know, these kids don't even know what we're talking about, but, but and, 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 you know, what do you want to do? First thing you want to do, you want to take them off, and then you realize how important you need, how bad you really need them glasses, If you're saved tonight, you can damage your spiritual eyesight. You know how one loses their sight by damaging their eye? And listen tonight, one can be naturally can see well. And I want to say we'd all be better off to be naturally blind, but have spiritual vision. Danny Crosby was a blind lady. But she wrote, read, the, read in your hymn book the songs that she wrote. <laughs> Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I mean, listen, she, uh, 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 she, uh, she, she could see things that the natural eye could not see. And, and today, tonight, I'm saying we need the Lord uh, to take our hand because we are limited by a critical condition. You say, well, being blind is not so bad. Then how come we spend billions and billions of dollars to keep from going blind? But the sad thing is that we'll make sure, we'll go to our eye doctor, we'll make sure we wear them glasses and do what they say And 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 and, you know go every year and and there's a lot of things can cause you to go blind, stigmatisms and glaucoma and 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 anyway there's anyway and all kinds of things that can cause you uh, to go blind. But listen, and I will spend money. And if your doctor said if you don't do this, you're going to go blind, I'd say you do whatever they said to do to keep from going blind. Most of y'all know Brother Gavin, my good friend, he's got severe diabetes and he's uh, almost completely blind in one eye and the other eye he can barely, he, he's, he's, he's got poor vision. And Brother Justin, he goes every, uh, I believe, I can't remember, every six months and they have to take a needle and stick it in his eye, straight in his eye. He he told me, he said, it's the worst pain. He said, you just, I mean, he he said, it's awful. They have to strap him down. But the reason he does that is because he don't want to go blind. But how come we'll go to such great lengths and, and go through such great things to keep from becoming naturally blind, but we'll lose our spiritual sight and it doesn't even bother us? It's a critical condition. You know, this this condition, it limited his walk. It did. He couldn't take two steps without somebody holding his hand. Did you know the lost person that's here tonight, they think they're going their way. You know, the Bible says pride... Goeth before destruction, the Holy Spirit before a fall, and they think that they're doing it their way. Have you ever noticed that 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 you know the the, the world, they 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 cry and, and, and say, Well, I'm my own person and, and I'm an indiv- I'm an individual and, and they believe in all this individualism and being their own person and doing their own thing, but they all do the same thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right. They, they they these have you ever noticed with fashion? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on that too much. but Have you ever noticed? I remember when I was in high school, bell bottoms come back out. I didn't wear them, but I'm talking about the girls wore bell bottoms. I don't know know who come up with that. I don't know why. but, but, But everybody thinks they're doing their own thing, but they don't realize they're simply being manipulated and they're being led down the path that leads unto destruction. And they don't understand. Listen, it hindered his walk. But for the child of God, the carnal believer, who's become blinded by the world and their lust, they cannot walk with God for one minute unless somebody holds their hand. I know Brother David, in the years he pastored, he knew people like that. They were saved. In fact, the disciples were a lot like that. As long as things were good and fine, they were pretty good. They were pretty. They would stay. But the moment trouble come, they begin to question the Lord. And, I mean, and the first time Jesus would say something they didn't like, they'd argue with him. I mean, they, they didn't. And when trouble really came at Calvary, what they do? They fled away. And listen tonight. Listen, we are, it limits our walk when we cannot see. Limited his walk. It limited his witness. I don't know, maybe you've watched more of Law and & Order and Court TV and Judge Judy and Matlock's Matlock's. what we used to watch. We grew up on Matlock. Oh, Ben Matlock. I really thought he was a real, I thought it was real until I was like a grown man. I thought that was real. I thought, man, if I ever get caught doing the things, because there's a lot there I didn't get caught. If I ever get caught, I'm calling Ben Matlock. He, he never loses a case. I remember mean, when the O.J. Simpson was on trial, I mean, I was obsessed with that. And we watched it every day, and I thought... How come he don't have Ben Matlock? <laughs> I seriously wonder. If <laughs> he had just had Ben, but I mean, you know, the old Cochrane and Sh- and was it Shapiro? Was that one of them? And I mean, they'd done the work. The juice got loose, but he didn't get loose for long. But, but I I remember old <laughs> Ben Matlock. You know how he'd win them them. I mean, I'm not trying to be carnal, I'm just trying to use the illustration. Matlock, he'd always win because he'd call in a witness. Oh, man, and he called that witness, and man, it would always just lie. But have you ever, I've watched Matlock, I mean, I've watched a bunch of, but I don't ever remember him calling a blind man to come in and testify. Did you know a, man, a blind man cannot testify of what he's seen because he hasn't seen anything? If you're, yeah, hey, tell me what you saw, he'd say, I didn't see nothing. Did you know this blind man, he could not be a witness? I mean, listen, he could not be a witness of anything. And he could not be a witness to anything. And listen tonight, as, a, as, as an application to the lost person, they cannot witness. They cannot tell of anything. And, and a good test of your salvation is, you ask yourself, do I have a salvation story to tell? I understand people are different and some are more you know, uh, shy and they're not comfortable, but you ought, in your heart you ought, to, you ought to have a story to tell. Right. We sing the song, I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and His glory, of Jesus and His love. When we sing that song in your heart, you ought to say, I've got a story. I know I've got a story. The reason a lot of people, they don't tell the story because they've never, they've never, they can't witness of, the, of their salvation because they, they, they can't witness to it because they've never been a witness of it. Right. Limited. Limited his witness, it limited his work. In fact, blind people, for the most part, all they had to do was beg. They had to beg. That's that's basically what they did in Jesus' day. They had to beg. They couldn't labor. They 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 couldn't uh, they couldn't go out and 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 and, and work in the field and they couldn't work with their hands. And listen, their blindness, it limited their work for God. He couldn't work. Did you know a lost person, they try to work for God? But but here's a sad thing. Here's a sad thing. I've I've thought about this a lot. A person that's putting on, and I believe it's in every church. I believe there's put-ons and fakes. I believe it. But it's sad, brother, to think that somebody would fake being a Christian and work like a Christian and die and go to a sinner's hell. I think about these, these priests, and I don't want to offend, but I might offend, but oh Well. Think about a man that's done, that He's done committed to a life of celibacy, which most of them we've learned they don't. They're not as committed as they put on. He's not had a wife. He's not married a child. He's not married. Well, anyway, Lord, forgive me. He's not. He's not been married. He has no children. He lives in a little little house by himself all the time every day he gets up and lets people come and they tell him his problems, tell him their problems and the whole time he thinks he's doing a work for God but he's not doing a work for God that work, that work means that's not a work he's a lost man and then he dies and he realized it was all in vain you know this evening there's also many that have been saved and they can't work for God because their vision is blurred, it's their spiritual vision. They don't see the reason of having, of teaching a Sunday school class. They don't see the purpose of running a van and picking up children. They don't see the importance of being faithful to church and giving and serving and loving. And the reason is they've been blinded. Their spiritual eyes are darkened. It also limited his worship. Did you know in Leviticus 21 verse 16, it says that a blind man could not be a priest? He couldn't offer bread on the altar. He couldn't offer sacrifice. So what I'm saying is his blindness limited him in his worship, what he could do for the Lord. You know how it would help our worship if our eyes were clear. (laughs) And listen to me. I don't know of anything that will hinder our spiritual vision more than a constant consumption upon this world. Watching this world and listen to this world and listen to me, I don't know what your favorite news channel is, but if you put them all in a big bucket and reach in there, you pull whichever one you want, they're all liars. And if we're not careful, we'll be so exposed to this world and the things of things this world and the teaching of this world and, and, uh, and the philosophies and the ideas that it'll start to affect our vision and it'll start to cause us to not to be able to see clear. I won't give you this and we're done. Lord, take my hand. I'm living in a cursed country. I'm limited by critical condition, but I believe... You could say this, he was wanting the Lord take his hand because he was longing for clear comprehension. This man wanted to see it's obvious this man wanted to see you if you I mean I'd say he dreamed about seeing. remember I believe I, I, when he first God touched him. The Lord touched the first time. He said, "I see many trees walking." He knew what trees were. I'd say at night he dreamed about when he could see, and he dreamed about the beautiful sunsets and, and sunrises and the and the and, and all the, the nature and, and the and, and the and the things that he had witnessed. Maybe he he dreamed of the face of his his his, his mother and father and his sisters or brothers, and he and he imagined the, his wife and his children and all those things that he had once seen. And then he'd wake up, and it was still dark. He wanted, he wanted, if you were to find this blind man and you were to say, what's the one thing you desire the most? What's the one thing? He wouldn't say, well, I want a big screen TV or I want a new chariot and some new camels. That wouldn't be what he'd say. I want to be able to see he was long and he was, and, and listen, I believe that is why. I believe that is why Jesus came to Bethsaida despite the fact they were under a curse. He knew there was a miserable, lonely man who was under the great burden and weight of being blind, and he knew this man in his heart longed to have clear vision. I say this if we want to be, if we want our eyes to be clear. A lot of people they don't want their eyes to be clear because they know what they're going to see if their eyes are clear. You know what? The first thing when your eyes are clear, you'll see you'll see your own self, and how how wicked you are, and how unworthy you are, how imperfect you are. Quickly tonight, I'm going to be done. The prerequisites for clear vision. What what must we do to have our eyes cleared? And this is, a, this is true for the lost and the saved. First thing, there must be the coming of Christ. It says in verse 22, And He come up to Bethsaida. If Jesus had never showed up in Bethsaida, He never would have seen. That's why, listen, when we come to church, we ought to make sure, we ought to pray and seek the Lord's face and and, and ask the Lord if there's any unconfessed sin to get that right. Confess it before we come and, and have our minds right and our hearts right and, and our lives right with God. Because listen, if He doesn't show up, then we're all without help. There must be the coming of Christ. If the Lord Jesus had not sought me out as a sinner, I never would have got saved. Amen. John six forty four still in the book. Except the Father draw them. I believe that the good shepherd goes in the wilderness and he findeth that lost sheep. Now listen, the Lord doesn't violate man's will. In fact, there must be a desire. There must be a but I do believe in the in the in the in the prompting and the in the calling of God. I believe in that. And I believe tonight, if you're here and you're lost, I believe right now the Spirit of God's calling you. I know He is. I know He is. He's drawing you. He's telling you you need to get saved and born again. If you're here tonight and you're lost, you know you're lost. And the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth, is here, and He is convincing you of sin and of righteousness and judgment to come. And He's telling you you better get saved. You better. You know what? When I was lost, the Holy Ghost would say, "He say He's right." And you're wrong. And that was a hard thing. I, I've never been able to admit too much to It's been hard for me to do. And, uh, and I had to come to that place where I said, you're right and I'm wrong. The coming of Christ. I was, what I was saying is we need to be right with God, close to the Lord, and, and make sure there's no... so that we don't hinder, hinder the moving of the Spirit of God. And by the way, He is the Holy Spirit. You know what offends the Holy Spirit? Unholiness. Uh So I say tonight, there must be the coming of Christ. If we're going to have our spiritual eyes touched tonight, we need the Lord to come and visit us. We need Him to visit us. And oh, that's my heart's desire. I, I just, you know, it seems like you go through different seasons in your life and you pray and you're burdened about different things, but I've been praying here lately, Lord. I just want you to visit me again and, and, and I, want to have, I want to have more intimate and more sweet fellowship than I've ever had before. I want your hand to be upon me heavier than it's ever been before. I want your power to be in my life more than it's ever been. We need the Lord to come and visit us. There must be a coming of Christ, but there must be the coming to Christ. It says in verse number 22, And they bring a blind man unto him, besought him too much to touch him. You see, the man's got a responsibility in this thing too. The Lord's not going to come shake you out of bed and force you to believe and trust. If you're lost, He's not going to force you to get saved. In fact, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He doesn't overwhelm you. And all this Calvinist teaching, the irresistible grace, that's false. It can be resisted. In fact, Stephen told the Jews, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. I wonder, why, I wonder why the Bible says that if he cannot be resisted. Listen to me, getting saved, I used to hear preachers preach and they'd say this, the high sheriff of heaven, he locked me up and dragged me to the cross and say, listen, that's not what salvation is. He convinces you of sin. He convinces you of sin. He shows you your loss. He offers you pardon. And if you reject that pardon, you'll die and go to hell. Oh, listen, you must come to Christ. There's the coming of Christ. But these men, I don't know how they knew. Maybe somebody hey, said, the Lord's coming. Oh, the Lord's coming. They said, we got this boy. We're going to take him to him and see if he can't help him. Notice the faith of these, their faith. They believed Jesus could heal this man. I believe they had faith. But I believe he had faith too. You say, how do you know that? Because he op- the Bible says he spit in his eyes and I don't believe he could have spit in his eyes if he hadn't opened them. You think for one second Jesus was sitting there, had that man's eyes prodded on him. No. No. And did you know in the Middle East, the most disrespectful thing you can do to a man is spit on him. You say, why did the Lord do that? You ask him when you get to heaven, let him explain to you. I know this, his ways are not our ways. Their their faith, their, their, their feelings, they had sympathy for this man. They had pity for this man. Why did they have pity for him? I believe it's because they watched him every day struggle and stumble through life. I want to ask you something. Does it not bother us? Why does it not bother us when we see so many people stumbling and struggling through life? they saw this man trying to find, find the door. They, they they Obviously they had helped him. They watched him as he tried to feed himself and he spilled food on his shirt. They watched him as he stumbled through life and struggled through life. He was not, he was just merely getting by and getting through. And they said oh, if we can take him to the Lord, the Lord can do something for him where he can enjoy his life and not just endure his life. Or they had some feelings about him. And oh, that God would break our hearts again for this world and their lost condition that we might try to get them to the Lord their folly though it says in verse 22 they besought him to touch him now here's their folly they tried to tell Jesus how to heal this man they said Lord you need to touch him now I want to say this you and I are never more foolish than when we try to tell Jesus how to do His job. And we've all been guilty of it. Lord, it may be a child, Lord, just, just well, I'm out, Lord. Maybe Lord the Lord wants to do it a different way. Well, and we, and, we, and we got a bill. Lord, I need the money. Give me a raise. <laughs> what well, if the Lord's going to do it another way? They tried, now listen, they tried to tell him how to do it. They said, Lord, touch him. And let me say this Jesus doesn't take order from anybody. Right, right. This name it, claim claimant crowd on TBN, these tongue talkers on TBN, they, they look up to God and say, I seen old uh, what's his name? He's really, really, really goofy. I can't, they're all re- they're all goofy, but this one he is Copeland. Is it Kenneth Copeland? Yeah, yeah. Did y'all see where he was? He had them rubbing their head, saying, "Get the get a, get away baldness." <laughs> I gotta confess, I mean, I rubbed my head a couple of times, right? But it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. But brother Jared, there was grown men in there, and I mean, seriously, and there was women with a full head of hair saying, "I mean, what's the point of that?" And they were basically telling the Lord, commanding him to make their hair grow. <laughs> it didn't work. And they'll say things like this. Uh, God, I command you, Lord. And listen, God takes orders from nobody. Yeah. And these boys, they come to the Lord. And now, now, now listen. Huh. Listen. This is amazing to me. This shows the grace of the Lord. Jesus did not let their foolish words keep him from helping this man. And you know, I'm glad the Lord's not letting my foolish words keep people from getting help. We've all said things, and you know, we've all, at times, we've, we've, we've tried to tell the Lord, dictate to Him, Lord, this is how it needs to be done, this is how it needs to be worked out. And aren't you glad the Lord doesn't say, well, if you think that's how it needs to be done, you just do it yourself. I believe Brother Daddy simply ignored what they said. He simply just acted as if they had not said it. And by the way, I believe one day in heaven we're going to thank God as much for the prayers he didn't hear as the ones that he did. The ones that he said, I'm just glad they didn't pray for that. You know the Bible says the Spirit of God intercedes that He that He uh, that He takes our prayers and He takes them to the Lord and and He train He 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 honors them and, and I believe that what He does is He takes some of them things that we don't and He takes them out and He takes and He says Lord they didn't mean this they were upset they were I mean we've all said things in our disgust and anger that we wish we had never said and but thank God He doesn't hold a grudge against us and say well you said you wanted that you got their folly the prerequisites to clear vision the pro- then there had to be a coming with Christ the Bible says he went with them outside of town he followed them out of town the process to clear vision verse 23 the Bible says he spat on his eyes and put his hands upon him and asked him if he saw now I want to ask you something Did you know, do you believe Jesus needed him to tell him Jesus knew Whenever Jesus asked a question, he wasn't asking it so he could get an answer. He was asking it to give an answer. And by the way, he was doing this for the disciples that were watching. Unlike other miracles, this one was done in stages, it wasn't immediate and complete, it was partial and progressive. Now, can you imagine the disappointment in this man? When he opened, his, and, and here he is, he's been dreaming of this day. He's been praying for this day. He's been, And he opens it up, and he's like, I see men, but they're just like trees walking. He, he, he just saw men as a part and, and, and of nature moving. He said, what he was saying is, I can see, but I can't see very well. I can almost imagine that he might have even thought, I might as well be blind if this is all I can see. But the good news is, the Lord was not done with him. The Lord was not done working, and the Lord was not done moving. And I believe the Lord was trying to illustrate to these disciples that they, though they could see, they needed to be, they needed to be touched again so they could see clearly. Yeah. And the good news is tonight, none of us are where we want to be, I don't think. I don't think any of us would be so brazen to stand up and say, I'm all I should be for the Lord. I've done everything I should do. I'm everything God wants me to be. If we're all honest, we've all got some blurriness in our vision. But the fact that Jesus touched him the first time, it gave him hope that he could touch him again. And listen tonight, I thank the Lord that he's not finished with us. Amen. The progression in his vision. How did his vision get better? It says, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. And he was restored and saw every man clearly when did his vision get better it's when he got honest with the Lord what if he had said oh I see good and he couldn't see well you know like when you go for that eye exam at the driver's license place and you're going hey oh I see it good <laughs> I did that for a long time trying to keep from having to have that put on there with glasses, you know. And I'd rub my eyes and get in there and they'd say, now cover your one eye. And I'd be like, have y'all ever done that before? (laughs) Cheated on the high exam. I've done it. Just being honest. (laughs) But this man, he did not pretend to be all right when he wasn't all right. The Lord asked him a plain, point blank question. He said, tell me what you see. And what if this man said, oh Lord, I've never seen something like this? Boy, it's wonderful. I see the sun and the sun. No, he said, Lord, I can see, but I can't see good. He said, I see men, but I see them as trees walking. You know what he was? He was honest with the Lord. And by the way, as long as we're content to have blurry vision and pretend like everything's all right, our sight will never be better. But if we'll get honest with the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not where I need to be, and I'm not where I want to be. Lord, I need you. I need you to touch me again. He'll help us. The proof of clear vision, it says in verse 25, and he saw every man clearly. It means as they were or afar off. And he sent them away to his house, and saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any in the town. The proof was this when he walked away, nobody had to hold his hand. He didn't stumble, he didn't fall. That's another way, another, another reason I think he could see before because he knew how to get home. And He went home and he opened the door. And then children, don't you know, they were surprised. And his wife or his family, whoever it was that came to meet him, don't you know, they were shocked by it. And he told them the story of what the Lord had done. And I can imagine them people saying, How many fingers am I holding up? Seven. How many fingers? Eight. How, what, what, what color is my shirt green? What color is my hair brown? And they said, Oh, what a miracle! What a miracle! He can see the Lord's touched his eyes. And listen tonight, when the Lord touched, and by the way, he only Song perfectly and clearly after the second touch yep. used to be an old song the Wilbur's, I think sung or the Wiz or some of them called touch me again Lord touch me again and oh tonight we need our eyes to be clear we're living in two we're living in two dangerous of times to try to make our way through this world with blurry vision if the Church of the Living God has ever needed 2020 vision, and I know, boy, don't you know them preachers feel silly that preached on that in the first of the year? <laughs> oh me, I'm glad I didn't preach on how to have 2020 vision. It, it didn't turn out the way they thought it was going. To. But the only way the church can have, can make it through this world we're in, is we got to have clear vision. We can't have our eyes blinded and blurred by the world and by things that are going on. We need to say, Lord, anoint our eyes with eyes that touch us, help us, clear us, and deny. If you're lost and you're not saved, why do you want to go through life blind? Why do you want to put on? Why would you pretend to be a Christian when you could really be one? Right. Can you imagine me, Brother Jason, going to Pell tomorrow with you to work, putting on a uniform, and walking in and just working all day for nothing? So I'm just going to do the work of a Pella employee and not get not get the rewards of being a Pella employee. That'd be foolish. That'd be that be. I mean, that'd be that would be insane. I doubt. I very highly doubt that they've had very many show up to Pell and just said we're going to work for free today. <laughs> Has that ever happened to you, Brother Chad? At the paper, they don't they don't do that, do they? But how come there's people that'll spend their life putting on, pretending, acting like they're... And then die and go to hell and get no rewards for all their labor. When you can be saved right now, you can come to the Lord as He knocks on your heart and says, come to me, be saved, repent, believe, call my name, and you can get saved this this evening and leave here with your hands in the air saying, praise God, I'm not pretending anymore. I can see now. I can see what it's all about. I understand. I believe and live and enjoy the blessings of the Christian life.